Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and our focus today is a core element to golf. Simply put, without one of these, there is no game, period. We are talking golf balls with a brand that is so iconic that they've been putting their signature on the sport since debuting in 1935. Of course, that means Titleist. And we are pleased to be joined by their Director of Product Development and Implementation, Matt Hogg. Matt, it's great to talk to you again. Absolutely. Good to talk with you, Ralph. Now, I mentioned in the open that Titles has been selling golf balls for 85 years and has been designing them for 88 years. And I bring up that number because really golf ball research and development and creation is the core of the company. We've been attempting to help golfers play and in our opinion we've helped a lot uh golfers play better golf since our inception right our story is a story of someone playing golf and our our founder and and mr young and he missed a putt right down the road from from where i sit right now he missed the putt and said it wasn't me it was the golf ball and he took it he took that ball to to get x-rayed with a friend of his and uh, they realized that the center was not in the center of that wound uh, golf ball. And he said, uh, you know what, I think I can do it better. And he formed a small company. Uh, and that is the genesis that is a Kushnick company today. It came from one man's effort with a huge team of people that believed that they could make a better golf ball. And that's where we are now. When we talk about golf club development, Basically, designers are trying to squeeze out performance by altering the shape and weight distribution that produces the desired effect, and then they try to cram as many improvements into a model as they can. With golf balls, you basically know the shape. I mean, that's set. You don't need to worry about that. And you're working with a working model. You have something that's already out there that's working, and you're trying to improve it. And yet, you really almost have to start from scratch in the development each time. Well, we're definitely building on the foundations of things that we we know have and work and do well. But we're always seeking new materials, right? We're always seeking uh, new processes to put those materials in our manufacturing environment. Uh, we're also seeking new aerodynamic advances, right? So there, there's a little bit of foundation in every. Uh, thing that we do. You can't argue with chemistry or physics, right? Uh, those are those are platforms that we stand on. Uh, so that's, that's how that works. Uh, it's a little bit of building every time, uh, tweaking this, tweaking that, looking for something new. Uh, we built our livelihood on finding the something new and giving it to the golfer. That, that's, that's what's most important. You talk about you can't argue with the science of it, and people may not realize that the people that are developing golf balls 
yeah, they love the game of golf, but they're also scientists. They're rocket scientists and aerodynamic specialists and everything else to be able to create this ball that's supposed to fly through the air at a couple hundred miles an hour off the club head. Yeah, we, we have uh, a team uh, in research and development, uh, 75, uh, 77 uh, people that are uh, chemists and uh, some are engineers, about 25 or so of those are engineers. And, and chemists, uh, so the backgrounds, mechanical engineering, chemical engineering, uh, analytical chemistry, um, uh, physicists, uh, mathematicians. Uh, we've had folks come from the aero industry, f- from the rocket industry. We literally have uh, one of our analytical uh, science, he's actually our director of materials. He, he helped with the Mars program. Uh, so uh, there's, there's a broad breadth of uh, scientific disciplines that are being used to help make golf balls better. And you talk about the crew that is developing golf balls. The reality is you have departments of teams. You have so many different teams because they are working on different aspects of the golf ball. And then they come together with a product that will ultimately go to market. Right. We, we all in R and D know where, what we have to do. We have to design a better golf ball. Uh, and we, there are product life cycles. That's the business side of things. You know, people are constantly seeking new and better, and it is our job to seek new and better materials, new and better aerodynamic packages, new and better golf ball constructions that deliver uh, different spin and, and ball speed profiles. So those three groups, the, the, the development side of the golf ball of construction, the material side, the aerodynamic side, they marry up with uh, our testing group. That's a whole nother team. We constantly are in this conversation. Hey, we made this. Will that work in a golf ball? Yeah, that'll work. All right. Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we try it? Why don't we fool around with it for a couple months? Okay, it works. All right. Oh, we got this new aerodynamic pattern. All right. Have we tested it? Yeah, we tested it a bunch. It's a couple yards longer. All right. Put that, put that with this. Next thing you know, voila, you have a prototype. Well, and the interesting thing is I I had seen a piece where you talked about how it takes years and years of knowledge to be able to build golf balls. The interesting thing is technology actually allows you to build a prototype in a much, in in a quick amount of time to give it at least a test to see if it'll work. Right. That knowledge piece uh, dovetails right into the, uh, the people that work, work for us. We have over 1500 years of golf ball making experience in research and development. And that that falls right into the associates that we have in manufacturing that have over 20,000 years of golf ball making experience. So it's, it's that culture that we can go make it better. Uh, we can find how to make something better every time. You talk about the culture. Uh, there are fans of Titleist that can think about the ball plants there in Massachusetts as being something of a Disneyland of creation, that it's just this magic happening behind these walls. What is the culture like? Is it just golfers doing what they can to make the game better for others? There's some of that. There's definitely, uh, there's a lot of folks here within R&D and in manufacturing that have been in and around the game all their life. Generations of of families. My father's a golf professional. Uh, uh, so there's people like myself, there's people that their father worked here, their father's father worked here, uh, their mother worked here. 
their mother's mother worked here. Um, so that there's the sense of pride that you're going to do something right. And it might just be golf, right? And I don't want to, some people go, ah, it's just golf. Well, not to us, right? Uh, having those factories, uh, we have three right here in our backyard, literally 15 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, that is the Disneyland. It enables us to make prototypes very quickly. Like you mentioned earlier, we can, we can have a working prototype uh, that we're ready to test with in about three to four weeks. Uh, if it's brand new, brand new aerodynamic pattern, the tooling takes some time. We have another facility that, that we have that, that we make our own tooling in. Uh, that new aerodynamic patterns take a little bit longer than that. But to put it all together, we can have a conversation with an engineer on teams right now uh, mm-hmm. because the, the interesting situation we're in, but we can have some prototypes made really quick. And one of the things that I've also seen you say is that you learn as much, maybe even more from mistakes and errors than you do from the successes. Oh, absolutely. The uh, failure in research and development environments, whether it is uh, golf balls or any true research and development environment, it's, it's very high. It's in the high 90s. It's almost 99% of the time. Why is it so high? Because you sell your successes. And you're trying to make something even better than your last success. Uh, that's why it's important to build on what you've already designed and what you know. Like, you can't argue with the chemistry or physics, but you're gonna make. You're gonna try to argue with them. You're gonna. You're gonna say, "Hey, we we did this before. It didn't work out just like we were planning. But if we tried one other thing, if we tried this with that." You know, combinations are, are where the magic happens. Um, so that, that's what we're trying to do all the time. You talk about the combinations. I mean, that's kind of the evolution of a golf ball is when you find, oh, if we add this extra layer to the ball, look what it'll do for us. And and that's kind of the the, the, the secret ingredient to, to making a, a very good ball into a great ball. Multi-layer urethane construction golf balls uh, are a – are the, the, the easy demonstration of what has happened in the last 25 years of, of golf, right? And then with Titleist, uh, since the advent of the Pro V1, that is a multi-layer construction success in and of itself. And it continues with Pro V1X and AVX. Uh, th- those are multi-layer, multi-layer urethane constructions, man. That's, that's what gives you the ability to harness the distance combined with the short game. And that's, that's where all the material science is and the thickness. There's a lot of fun stuff that we don't ever talk about with golf balls uh, because it's not a, it's not, people just go, yeah, I just want it. I want it to spin great in the short game and I want it to be as possible off the tee. Well, that takes some science, right? And you talk about the material composition because a lot of times it's a material that you're creating. So it's all the elements that go into just creating that material. I mean, these are the little experiments that are constantly being done by your teams. Right. The, the mixing of two components together, anytime you make a mixture, right. Go back to your childhood and, and remember the fun of just adding, um, some sugar into a giant glass of water and watching all the sugar dissolve. Right. And you, you made a mixture. What'd you make? Well, you made sugar water. Well, that's pretty sweet stuff. Well, the same, same can be extended to your golf ball covers. You take uh, 
cast urethane material A and cast urethane material B. You mix those together, you make something really awesome that ends up being a fantastic, durable golf ball cover, and it gives great short game control. And that that's it's our material. We have a ton of materials that we work with uh, that don't work, <laughs> but we're constantly trying to figure out the ones that are better than we got, right? Now, you go back now two decades. Uh, the Pro V1 was in development, and obviously it changed the way that golf balls were viewed, golf balls were played, golf balls were made. Right. It really almost, I would imagine, almost everything that had been done in the prior 60 plus years was like, okay, let's move that to a storage area because we need to make space for a whole new mode of designing golf balls. Right. It, in, it was really interesting. I came on board to Titleist in October of 2000. And that is right at the time we were introducing uh, Pro V1 to the worldwide tours, to the PGA tour. Um, and at the exact same time, we were still making Bellata and we're still making the professional. And as a golfer, I knew the professional and I knew the Bellata. And then you come on board in October and they go, hey, we got something. We got lightning in a bottle here. And to watch Ball Plant One go, which we, we no longer are in that facility, to watch that facility completely flip its manufacturing operations from making wound wound liquid center urethane covered golf balls and wound liquid center Bellotta rubber covered golf balls to making Pro V1 and to do it in an extremely short amount of time. What is a feat of engineering that I was glad to be a part of and just to watch as a, as a, uh, I'm a chemical engineer to watch the, uh, just to watch that change. It was Mm -hmm. really, really fascinating. A lot of stuff was happening very quickly. Uh, literally one day you're making professional the next day there is no more professional right that that's that's the sort of uh timetable that things were happening it, it was a light switch event and you i mean you've in the years since have introduced new lines of balls obviously when you introduce new things sometimes you take things away from the market and this is one of those rare cases where you introduce a new product and once people tried it, they weren't looking to go back. There, there was no going back. We don't need to keep making this older product because no one's going to want it. Right. And, and you, 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 I'm trying to remember. It's either, uh, it's either Spieth or JT, uh, Justin Thomas, said in a conversation we had with them at the PGA show a couple of years ago, one of the two of those guys had never played anything other than a pro V one just because of their age and when they came to playing golf. Right. Uh, so you, you put that in perspective and you go, huh? Yeah. No one's ever going to want to go back. They might want more short game spin. Uh, and, and that's something that you can design and develop. Everybody wants more stopping power. Right. Uh, but everybody wants to hit it as far as they are right now, they want nothing taken away from them. So that I don't, I don't foresee uh, golfers looking to go back to where they have to manage their driver spin uh, by their golf ball selection, right? That the, the advances in club development and shaft development in golf ball, uh, 
they've made it great for everyone who loves the game of golf and was just looking to play better. One thing that back in before Pro V1 that everybody knew about was compression numbers. That was kind of your gauge of maybe this is the ball that I should be choosing and everything. And you don't hear that number anymore. I think people would be surprised to know what the compression is on the modern golf balls compared to the old ones because the numbers are so much lower because they're so much softer. Well, compression's a compression's a double-edged sword, right? And it's one of those, it's, it's a word that has two meanings. Uh, you can compress the ball when you strike the ball uh, for your shot, right? And that is a one-sided dynamic uh, collision. Um, and, and to that, a lot of people go, well, that, they equate that to feel. Uh, they, they also need sound to equate feel. The, those two things have to occur almost simultaneously. We've done testing with, with players and have found that without sound, it is very rare to find a player who can tell you anything about the feel of the golf ball. So sound is a critical part of this compression and feel uh, dynamic. Compression is a measurement as, as something that we, we use in, in test uh, parts of our process. That's a two-sided event uh, where we're literally smashing the golf ball between two plates uh, at a very slow and controlled rate. Uh, and, not, and one thing we've learned is that's not like impact and everybody within the industry does it differently. Not everybody's using the exact same, oh, we use compression gauge 105 or uh, to pull a term deep from the past, there was a time when uh, compression was called PGA compression. Uh, so there are a variety of ways for people to equate the spring-like uh, resiliency of the golf ball. And it's just a number. All right. It, it actually helps us out more than it helps the golfer play better. Right. Because the, it, you're right. If they knew the number, they might either think it's too high for them or too low for them. Right. Mm -hmm. The number of, the number of stories that are told out there is that uh, soft is slow or uh, you need to be firmer to be fast. Well, there's some truth to that, but Whose number are you measuring? You, you have to have all of that information before you're going to tell some of that information. And it's very important. And we just want you to play your best golf. And that's why we don't, we don't really talk about compression. Uh, we don't, you, if you look at our, our, our literature, we'll say that it's, it might be our softest golf ball within the line or uh, a very low compression. Well, that's, that's some clues to say, hey, this is soft. You might like it because you like the feel or sound of that, but putting a number on it, it's just, it'd just be our number, right? It wouldn't be everybody's number. There's not a universal compression gauge. Uh, what you do find, though, is that because of the core from which you're building around, you are able to make a ball that has a better feel, that that isn't going to be so firm on contact as they once had to be because – you've got something solid in the center so you can then pad around it, so to speak. Right. Right. The core is the engine of the ball. Right. And the, 
the ability for us to make multi-layer constructions and large, uh, large cores, much, uh, you know, at least 1.51 inches is, is sort of the bottom of a large core, uh, all the way up to, to 1.610 inches, right? And remember, the golf ball is only 1.68 inches, right? So you can you can make a very large core, and the bigger the the bigger the core, uh, you get you get to add some feel to that. You get to soften it, all right? Because the core you have so much of it there. The engine is is so large, uh, you have some flexibility in making it a little softer. That's that's that. That's that design part. That's the part that I get really passionate about is that is the uh, number of uh, constructional levers to, to put a word on it that we, we get to, to use. And it's not just me. It's the, it's the team of designers that, that are here. Well, and you oversee what is the constant struggle control, spin, distance, where do we want to pull the, that, that tug of war rope in that direction at that moment? Because ultimately you would like them all to be all those things, but that's, that, that's the battle is, do we make a longer ball? Do we make one that spins a little bit harder? As you said, that's what everybody wants. They want everybody, they want every ball to do everything. And you're trying to do that. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's that the way we, we as an organization work work to really help design the best golf ball is we're not just doing it in a box. Sure, research and development is one portion of the business, but it's a constant conversation that we are having with the golfer. Um, maybe it's through Team Titleist. Uh, maybe it's at the PGA Tour level or any of the tour levels uh, uh, web, uh, not web.com, uh, corn Ferry or, uh, LPGA. We have two individuals that work here in R and D that are constantly liaisons to, to visit players at those, those tour events, Jeff Byers and 40 pits. Uh, those, those gentlemen are talking to tour players constantly. We have the team Titleist interaction that's, that's digitally where we're sending out surveys. We just last Last year, we sent R&D teams out to different events locally here in the state of Massachusetts to garner feedback about what they thought was important for their ball, why'd they pick it, right? Uh, we have our, our testing facility at Manchester Lane. When people get fit, we often are doing uh, additional in-person surveys, asking them to hit prototypes. We send prototypes out through Team Titleist, and we're seeking that feedback because all of that feedback helps us make a better product. Uh, because, sure, we could – we could design the ball and say, this is the ball. Well, in our opinion, that doesn't work really well. That's not how you uh, create brand fans. That's not how you get people to play their best. As soon as we get you involved, we're gonna, we want you for, to play your best golf all the time. So if you're participating in that, you're part of our R&D team. And then we have a real opportunity to make something great. Well, and – here we are in 2020, and as you look at your golf balls, what's the most important aspect, do you think, at this time? Are you talking about the core, the cover, or some of the layers in between? Um, the most important aspect right now is making sure that people are playing, 
right? In 2020, right? That's the first thing we want people to do. Go play golf. It's a fantastic game. Uh, it, it's, it's a great game to be played in the current environment, right? Play as much as you possibly can. Uh, have fun, enjoy it. Uh, in our product line, what's the most important element? There isn't just one. If you were to ask our aerodynamic guy, what's the most important element? He'd say the same thing. He'd go, actually not guy, it's our aerodynamic team. If you were to ask our aerodynamic team, they would say, well, it's, it's not just aerodynamics. That's, we make a great series of dimple patterns and designs, but the ball has to be launched. So then the, that, 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 that's the immediate punt to the, the golf ball construction guys and, and gals, the, the team there. And they're going, wow, we, we put the, 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 we set the materials and the dimensions and thicknesses, but it's not just that. It's also the materials and that, that kicks to the materials group, right? So it's, it's, we've said this before, maybe, maybe it's time to say it again. Uh, no single element of golf ball performance, uh, golf ball design can enable you to predict the performance. From a Titleist perspective, no single element of a Titleist golf ball construction is the most important element. We might talk about the features of, of, of a particular golf ball and how it can benefit, but it's not just one thing. It's, it's everything. It's, it's the people, it's the process that we use, it's the passion that we have, it's, and they make the great products. Obviously, there's the Pro V1, Pro V1X, but there is an entire line of balls. Can you just do a brief rundown kind of through the line so that people really can understand, okay, this is where they're kind of targeted? Yep. So when people want to play their very best golf, uh, we're asking them to, and, and performance is their focus. We, we consider Pro V1 the first choice. And Pro V1X and AVX bracket Pro V1, if you will. So uh, if Pro V1X feels firmer, flies higher, spins more. AVX flies lower, feels a little softer, spins a little less, all compared to Pro V1. And we feel that Pro V1 will fit the vast majority of, of golfers that are playing. Uh, so that's, that's three products within the line. Uh, we also have Toursoft, fantastic golf ball. So the, the people that are playing Toursoft have made a choice that, you know, I really like to play golf, uh, but I have some price sensitivity, right? So uh, they've, they've categorized one element that, they're, that they can't just – money is, is important to them. It's important to everybody, but they have, they have to make a choice, right? So Toursoft, fantastic golf ball. And then – and it's focused really to provide the best feeling, best Titleist golf ball that is available that isn't Pro V1, Pro V1X, or AVX, right? Mm -hmm. The all-around non-cast-urethane golf ball that we have in our line. One step, one step further is the velocity line, right? And velocity's focus, the word itself just connotes what we're trying to do for, for, for golfers. We want to give them phenomenal distance, uh, fantastic ball speed uh, and a lot of different options, right? Because now as we stepped from performance, we added price into it and now we're adding preferences, right? So there's a lot of cool colors that are in the velocity line. Uh, 
there's and there's different finishes that are offered there. We have a matte finish. We have a green in the matte finish. We have an orange. Uh, you know, it just got some cool stuff that. It, and believe it or not, there's there's a lot of science that goes into making those colors in our factories stay that color. So it's not just ah, it's an orange golf ball or it's a green golf ball or it's just a a, a matte finish coating. Uh, and then we have true feel and we offer true feel in both uh, white, yellow, and red. And that true feel is, is sneaky good, right? It, that, that's another person that's made a, uh, a preference on, on price, right? But they're looking for fantastic performance. And, and notice I've said performance regardless of the model. Uh, that, that's, that's, who we're, that's who we are performance first, play your best golf. And you, you might have some things that are uh, impacting your, your performance preferences, but you know, whether it's pro V1, pro V1 X, AVX, tours, tour soft velocity or true feel white, yellow, orange, green, red. We've, we've got it. When you talk about the differences in balls, the one thing that they have in common is the fact that, there was a development process and you were able in, in your testing, in your trials and errors, you came out with a ball that performed in a certain way. And you're like, yeah, I think there's a market for this ball. This is, this fits this area. Maybe it's a less, it's a less expensive construction so we can offer it at a lower price. I mean, that's essentially why one ball costs less than another is it costs less to make it. It's an easier in that regard. But each one, as you said, performs in its own special way. Right. The, the process, to, let's talk about that process for a bit, right? The, after we've had that initial conversation with, with the golfer, whether it's uh, virtually through Team Titleist or it's an in-person conversation or it's a conversation with the, the, the local golf pro about what that particular group of golfers are, is looking for, we begin making prototypes uh, to try to figure that out and help them get to what they're looking for. Sometimes it's, it's very easy for us. It's just, ah, take this with that with this, and we'll be able to do that. Sometimes it's a little bit longer. Um, and it can be years to, to, to hit a specific prototype, to hit all the criteria that are asked for. Those are true research projects. Mm -hmm. The uh, like the cover and coating change that we made in 2013, that was not trivial. Uh, we had been working on the coating and cover system since 2000, that we finally pulled off in 2013. Uh, so that that wasn't uh, something that you just oh we'll put this with this right. There was a whole lot of failure in that process, and you're going but Matt that's seven years old now. Yeah, but it's a really good example of a project that we knew where we wanted to go, but we had a lot of work to get there. So sometimes our, well, we are always trying to make sure that whatever we're working on now, we'll, we'll meet the immediate now, but we're working on stuff that we're not going to talk about for a couple more years down the road because either it's not done yet or it's not what golfers are asking for right now. I typically like to finish off shows by asking about a favorite product from your time in the industry. 
I'm just going to guess it relates to Pro V1. So instead of doing that, I'm curious, and, and you might have just touched on it, if there was really a particular milestone innovation that just stands out, a threshold that you were able to achieve that jumps out as something that in your time with Titleist and, and, and in making Pro V1s, that it's like, wow, we were able to achieve this and I'll always remember that with, with a real sympathetic part inside of you. Yeah, the it's not just about me, right? So all, I, I, it, there are some cool things that I've seen at Titleist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we went from in 2007 to Stagger Wave Parting Line on Pro V1 and Pro V1X, that was a huge undertaking in our manufacturing operations. We did it 2007 on Pro V1 and Pro V1X, and then we immediately transitioned it to the NXT family. All right. So that, that was going to stagger wave. And we did that within a two year period. That was, that was big. Um, we talked about ball plant one and seeing that completely go from wound liquid center, uh, to, to solid multi-layer constructions, uh, with cast urethane. That was cool. Uh, I personally worked on a project where we used on, it, it happened very quickly. Uh, where we used to brand the the Titleist brand into uh, with the into the paint and cover of uh, of our golf balls, and it, we called it a hot stamping operation. And it literally was the stamp was hot. You had this ribbon, and you impressed upon it, and you branded the Titleist golf ball. Well, we don't we don't use that anymore. We use inks now. That that was a fun project to work work through and seeing the last hot stamped product that, that was kind of cool um, the cover and paint thing in 2013 the the new aerodynamic patterns that that I've seen uh, our director of aerodynamics uh, develop over the years the materials that the director of materials has, has come up with and said hey how about this and we just watch it take off with his team so there's too many to count it, <laughs> account Ralph it's just it's fun to be in the golf industry it's fun to to be make being a part of this this group your enthusiasm on it I mean that's somebody could look at a row of golf balls and all they see are white orbs and you can look at them and see this is this led to this ball and this led to this ball this led to this ball and hopefully players can actually appreciate what's going into the ball that they're hitting every time that they go out on the course. Oh yeah. Tremendous amount of science and technology and passion goes into every Titleist golf ball model. And that's, that's the cool part. Well, Matt, thanks for taking the time here to join us here on the range. So much tech and history packed into each one of our golf balls. And again, I hope everyone can appreciate that that little ball just has so much in it and they think about it a little bit more than they did a day ago thanks again for joining us on the range absolutely ralph take care that was matt hogg the director of product development and implementation with titleist and it is truly amazing how dedicated that one company is to the development of the golf ball yeah of course their goal is to sell golf balls But really, their goal is to help each and every one of us to enjoy our time on the golf course just a little bit more. And I'm sure for a lot of you, playing Pro V1s does just that. 
Before we go, you may have noticed that we didn't talk about rolling the ball back or anything of that subject. Why? Because their goal is to make golf better for us all. Our goal is to enjoy the game of golf as much as possible. Those things really do work together and dialing back equipment doesn't really help any of us. If you want to play with older equipment and make the game harder, it's still available, it's still out there. Go ahead and enjoy yourself. But for the rest of us, we want to enjoy golf the best way we can. And that's by playing as well as we can. And sometimes equipment is going to help us do it. So why not enjoy technology and enjoy the time that we have on the course? If you want to know more about golf equipment, subscribe to us on YouTube at The Golf Spotlight. For the latest on the range, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Again, it's The Golf Spotlight. We welcome your comments there as well. Now you've listened this far, so subscribe to the range on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. We have new shows every Wednesday. So grab yourself a new sleeve of balls and get out on the course. And we'll see you here next time on the range. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.